1: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of NXT Then Out Forever. Just a heads up, we had some audio technical difficulties in the process of recording this show. Um, We were actually in an area where there was a lot of background noise. I tried my best to try to mix this thing up to try to lower that. But if it comes up, I apologize and it won't happen next week. Um, But here's the show Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week of NXT Then Now Forever I'm James Boyd and I'm here with the host of Keeping It Strong Style The editor-in-chief of (laughs) SocialSuplex.com The one, the only Jeremy L. Donovan Jeremy, what's going on?
0: Nothing much, man We are here in New York City, man I'm pumped up for Wrestlemania weekend And once again, excited to be on NXT Then, now, and forever, man
1: Yeah, like, you and Rich are basically like Lifesavers You guys are bailing me out every time there's an issue And I appreciate that um, But... I guess it's time for us just to go ahead and get into the show.
0: Yeah, let's do it, man.
1: Yeah, so we're gonna start off with uh, five years ago this week's NXT. Brodus, are you not aware what NXT has become? Have you been living in a cave where the future of this businessman were young, were hungry, and were just as good as anybody on
0: Raw or on SmackDown?
1: NXT, Episode 215 From uh, April 3rd uh, 2014 Out comes Emma We get a video package of Charlotte faking An injury to beat Emma in a match From a few weeks ago um, The announced team uh, shows itself To be Regal, Phillips, Saxon And Renee And that's the only time we see Renee because women are fighting <laughs> So <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, Without fail that always happens So uh, the match starts with Emma upstaging Sasha with some shenanigans and Shasa gets control of Emma as head after she gets control after running Emma's head into the middle turnbuckle. The crowd chants, Sasha's ratchet. It's still as racist now as it <laughs> uh, then at that point as it is today. Sasha gets on the apron to distract Emma. Sasha runs uh Emma into the ropes, Emma moves out the way and Sasha takes out Sasha off the off the I'm sorry. Sasha takes out Charlotte, and then uh, Emma ends up slapping on the Emma Lucian or Emma submission. I forgot what it's called. The em- Emma the lock. Emma Locke, That's right. Yeah. The Emma lock. Yeah. How could I ever forget <laughs> the Emma lock uh, on Sasha for the win?
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's real interesting, you know, seeing Sasha pre purple hair, yeah. Pre um, theme music, yeah. Um, and then it was funny also seeing you know you know old goofy Emma out here you know jigging doing a little jigging. dance oh in, the, in the in the in the bubbles and just how ridiculous she was being you know wrestling a more comedy based style wrestling uh-huh. like a she's like Toriano or somebody Toriano
1: <laughs> oh my
0: god uh, but yeah I mean the disrespect <laughs> uh, you know it it was a fun match you know clearly. On a bigger stage with more time both of these ladies could have probably delivered a a better matchup This was kind of a quick TV match to kind of advance the rivalry between Emma and um, the BFFs Um, And so yeah, it was fine. Um, You know the previous week they got one up on her with Charlotte beating her and then So this week Emma got a little bit revenge Um, So if I remember correctly, I believe that this eventually leads to Emma and Paige against Sasha and Charlotte.
1: Makes sense. Um, They, um, they, after, immediately after, or, I'm sorry, arrival, they said that Emma and Paige had become friends because they gained respect in their match, and then, sure enough, you have these two assholes show up (laughs) on the scene, so, you know, it's, you imagine, it's a matter of time before they did the match, but, it's been so long since, and we get to it, but... It's been so long since I've seen Paige on this show that is, I almost I forgot to like. Yeah, she didn't debut on WWE until the night after WrestleMania 30. So, they just basically had her on the shelf for just like three, four weeks.
0: Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think what happened was is they, they sent her on, on the house show loop for the main roster... And she missed that day of tapings at full sale.
1: Mm, so I okay. think
0: that's that explains why she was out for about a month worth of NXT TV. So I believe that she should be popping back up on TV soon.
1: Okay. Yeah, so we get the same Mojo Riley video package from a few weeks
0: ago. I don't get hype.
1: I stay hype. <laughs> yeah, it's more or less if, if I remember uh, my writing from when I wrote it down a few weeks ago. It was like, if one man can be this strong, this powerful... And this hype. Imagine what he could do if he was hyped all the time. I'm Mojo <laughs> Raleigh, and I
0: don't just get hyped I stay hyped. And now he's hyped in a room for mirror. Yeah, yeah get that hype off your nose. <laughs> so, so, then,
1: so, so then, so then uh, <laughs> we we then get a plug for uh, Zane versus Graves later tonight. Uh, we then get a Undertaker versus Lesnar WrestleMania Thirty commercial. And then the Ascension versus Jack Hurley and John Vandal. Now, if you're unfamiliar with those names, it's because these guys are jobbers.
0: Yeah, and it's fun. Um, Vandal, he actually wrestles as um, Orton Van- What's it? Vandal Ortegoof, um on MLW and local Flora Indies. So it was kind of weird. Like, I had no idea who he was back then. And now, looking back, now that I know who he is, seeing him here. <laughs>
1: Okay, so what's his wrestling lot in life now that he's on MLW? Is it better or is he still out here? Uh, it's about the same.
0: Up? He's a jobber on MLW as well. <laughs> this, man's out here. this man's out
1: here doing the job skis. Yeah. Alrighty then. Oh, my God. I said job skis like I'm freaking Caleb. Uh, wow. Okay, what's so. What's up, Caleb? Yeah, it's... You never go full Caleb. <laughs> anyway, uh, Connor fit to be the hell out of these two poor bastards until they hit their low, high-low combination finish for the win. Uh, we then go and get a Scooby-Doo WrestleMania mystery commercial. Then we get a actual WrestleMania commercial uh, th- to promote the entire show. Then we get Xavier Woods versus, versus Clay. This poor fucking guy, Xavier, just comes out and he gets his ass whipped every single solitary week on this fucking show. Throw him out a bone, it's like it, it's it's amazing that you look at it now and you look at their lots in life between Brodus Clay or Tyler Breeze or Rusev and look, Rusev's had has had a pretty nice career, um you know I don't did he meet Lana, he met Lana out on, you know, uh, on the, a, yeah yeah okay he met love his life, you know out on the road or whatever else but, um. So one person is is a part of the title match on Sunday for WrestleMania. Um, somebody has been selling lots and lots of merch. Somebody has their own YouTube channel that sometimes has Rusev on it. Yeah. Um, you tell me who really won Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, I wear all those ass whoopings and I'm where I'm at and where your ass is spent. And oh, one what? guy's I, about I to think have. I'm I'm think I'm doing a little bit better.
0: I one think guy's I'm about to have better. its own uh, sneakers, right? The new yeah
1: weapon. yeah the new day sneakers. Wow! Yeah. So, <laughs> oh my God. that that was rich in the background. He doesn't want to participate because he wants to pretend to be asleep. Anyway, uh, Xavier keep, uh, keeps Brodus off balance with some kicks until Brodus tosses Xavier uh, around with a T bone suplex. Brodus begins to slow it on down and then slaps on a nerve hole because, of course. Wills gets back on his feet and then fights back with some chops and forearms and a shiny Wizard until Clay cuts him off and then hits a super a sit out super a super bomb my God a sit out a <laughs> power bomb uh, and, a, and a second row splash uh, for the win and then after the match uh, Clay cuts a promo saying that he wants a NXT title match so then we go immediately backstage to Neville who I guess is Johnny on the spot and immediately addresses what just happened seconds ago it's it's convenient how that works out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's <when laughs> almost <'Cause I'm laughs> as if this is all pre taped <laughs> So uh he says Clay has to go earn a title shot and um mention how he that Clay is trying to get the easy way out by struggling in on the main roster and then trying to come to NXT but he has a new flash for him by saying that the NXTs are as good as the main roster guys. And um he is. I don't know about some of these other green uh, people, but
0: whatever. But I mean, eventually, yeah. I mean, he, he he had the vision. Cause, yeah. Cause yes. Because na- now, mean, majority uh, of the NXT yeah. roster is better than majority Look, of the main roster. I,
1: there, I seriously doubt that Neville thought that like they were going to, they were going to just bring in like, you know. Keith Lee's and Riddles and, Dijax. and Gargano's and DiJacks and Walters and Duns and NXTs <laughs> yeah. and shit. like I don't I don't I don't think that was in the cards at that point in time in 2014. Right. Look, I'm sure he had vision, but that is that is some real you know. I need look. All right, you got vision like that. and I need these a lot of numbers. Real talk.
0: Um. So, so before we move on, quick. What are your thoughts on uh, Brotus Clay?
1: I like the Funkodactyl gimmick. I mean, uh, as far as taking them serious as a ass kicker, once you do that to him, the gen- like the the toothpaste out of the tube, yeah. Uh, the train has left the station, the genie's out the bottle, all those cliches. <laughs> like you can't, we done here. Like the horse, the horse has left the barn, the bull is left to shoot. <laughs> I'm, d- I, I, I'm, I'm done. I don't have no more of those.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. If you mean, um, I thought the uh, you know, uh, f- um, Funkadactyl, somebody call your mama. Gimmick was good for him. Um, I thought he felt comfortable with it. I thought that could have been an a upper mid-card act that lasted for years and years and years and years. Yes. Um, so I don't know what eventually chose them to strip the gimmick from him and then send him back to NXT. Um, obviously, not the greatest in-ring worker, but I thought he was passable. He had some great suplexes and uh, T-bones and stuff like that, like we saw in this match. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of disappointing to see somebody like that, um, you know, unique kind of look and size, uh, kind of be wasted away. I don't think, cause I don't, he's not an impact anymore. I don't think he's wrestling at all right now. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I
1: think the last time I saw him was actually on season one of glow.
0: Oh yeah. Like yeah, so, TV show. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. It's weird because like for me, um, I, I enjoy squash matches and I enjoy like the squash matches he was doing. He was like doing funny stuff while it was happening, but yeah. Like, yeah, I'm cool on like yeah, it was a three minute match and he beat the piss out of somebody. Like, cool, fine by me. Like now, all these matches need to go like you know 12 minutes or be filled with chin locks and or do are they still called chin locks or are they like now nah, called Corbin specials?
0: Uh, I call them the Corbin lock. The Corbin,
1: <laughs> Yikes! So. Then we get a Best of WCW Pay-Per-View Matches Volume 1 DVD commercial. Then we get a John Cena versus Bray Wyatt WrestleMania 30 commercial. And then we get Yoshi Tatsu versus Tyler Breeze. Breeze starts out in control for a couple minutes until Yoshi starts to come back. And then Breeze cuts it off almost immediately and then nails um, Tatsu with a spinning heel kick for the win. Quick match.
0: Yeah, once again, you know, uh, Tyler Breeze, no um, full entrance music yet. No selfie stick. Uh, still kind of using the the beauty shot. The spinning heel kick hasn't switched to the unprettier yet. So yeah, it's very interesting. To look, you know, rewatch these episodes and kind of see all these like top NXT characters and they're kind of the beginning phases and like they're right on the cuffs about to break out and get their own full you know production entrance themes and all the little like nuances that made them stars. Uh, in so, NXT, yeah, in NXT, yes, yeah. yes. And then plus, they go to main roster, plus, and
1: it's just like, yeah, all this stuff you guys did, I'm not gonna use any of that for reference. I, never, I, never I, mind I, that. Yeah, no, like no, thank you. I'll do my own thing. Like I'll ruin these guys my own. No thanks. So, <laughs> he, so uh, then we get a backstage Sami Zayn interview. He basically runs down Graves and, and then says he's gonna beat the piss out of him. Uh, then we get the same video package from a couple of weeks ago From Paige where she says You know um, She's not the typical diva, the anti-diva stuff um, She says it's her house And anybody that respects it Is going to have to come see her um, So then right after that We get a backstage interview with Paige and it more or less says it, said, uh, Charlotte needs to stop Hiding behind her daddy <laughs> So we get Sammy Zayn versus Corey Graves. Graves, at the beginning of the match, hiding in the ropes and takes a Kevin Owens-esque heel powder out on the outside. Sammy chases him and beats on him uh, with some boots and a suplex and clothes on over the top rope down to the floor. And then Sammy lands a flip dive over the top rope onto Graves, uh, who was at the bottom of the entrance ramp. Graves cuts him off, and we go to commercial break because... When you pay nine ninety nine for a network, that's exactly we expect commercial breaks.
0: That'll teach, teach them how to work for TV. Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> so we
1: get we come back for commercial break. I'm oh, sorry. The the commercial in the middle is for uh, the horror movie Oculus. Uh, we come back and Graves uh, just grinding Zane down with a side headlock down on the mat. Uh, Graves beats on Sammy uh, more and then slaps on another side headlock and takes it down to the mat. Grace beats on Sammy yet again and takes him down to the mat again and get another motherfucking side <laughs> headlock. And then Sammy gets to his feet, gets some separation and Grace cuts him right the fuck off. And then Grace finally beats on this fucking guy. I'm oh sorry. And Grace beats on this fucking guy for a couple of uh, pen attempts. And then uh, they somehow both knock heads for a double down. And then Sammy and the announce team uh, put over that Sammy is a concussion and Sammy can't um, pull off a maneuver off the second rope. So then the ref uh, ends up checking on Sammy, and it, well, while that's happening, Graves takes advantage by punching Sammy in the head, and then slaps on his submission finish um, that looks like a, you know, like a inverted figure four slash Indian death lock deal. Yeah, that cool. Lucky thirteen. Uh, yeah. So then um, Sammy ends up passing out, and then Graves wins via ref stoppage.
0: Yeah, this match felt like it went on forever. Dude. Forever. If you
1: are a person that watches these Corbin matches or these Jinder matches or these Elias Hill matches, and you're just like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? Why do all these people keep throwing on these shitty rest holds over and over and over? Like, why don't you get some guys that can fucking work Vince?" you go watch this thing with Graves and then you see that he is now the head or one of the uh, lead announcers on both shows and he's like ah makes sense he prefers guys that can talk shit or whatever else and actually like being worth a damn in the ring even though um you know that doesn't really hold for someone like Corbin or someone like Jinder but Graves is definitely like improved as a with his presence in front of ring crowds and everything else in, in a five year like flashback from like five years ago, watching the show that I've seen at times compared to now, he's he's definitely improving that thing. Even though he's still still comfortable on the mic, he just like it's more like he went to the next level with it over the last five years. And but in the ring, nah, this ain't it. Like if you can get if you're if you can go out there in a main event and have a bad match with Sammy Zane you are not good at pro wrestling. Yeah, you need to find out the occupation. And you know, happenstance is a fortune what happened to Graves, but. He's in a much better spot now, where he he's getting paid to do what he is best at, which is talking, not wrestling, not grappling, not not this is not Bret. That was not Bret Hart's wrestling. This, this is not.
0: <laughs> no. Dude, this this right here was um, classic WWE PC one on one wrestling. Slap a hold on and work. And it. hold on for dear life. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was rough, uh, and you know, it was not it's not too long after this that. Corey Graves is done. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic. This whole storyline is about Graves giving Zane concussions, and then um, pretty soon, it's um, Graves ends up with another concussion, which sidelines him indefinitely from wrestling.
1: Did you say sideline? Yes. I'm not gonna do it. Okay. Sideline.
0: <laughs> oh man, I was I was trying not to like,
1: do that because of his career, you know. But you did it. I didn't do it, so, I guess, thanks. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be back with uh, this week's NXT.
0: Wait a minute. Did I just hear that right? Wow. Wow. You think you are gonna become the next NXT Women's Champion? Actually, I think that's gonna make you a failure, just like your husband this Friday in New York. And then the both of you guys could be failures together. Candace, just give it up. You weren't created to be admired and appreciated as women's champion. As a matter of fact, the vision has deemed you a lower. Congratulations. <sighs> failure, huh? Yeah. You, you two know a lot about that. Yeah, good. Good, failure. How about this? I'm going to earn my NXT Women's Title opportunity. And you know, I think I'm going to start by knocking you on your bougie ass.
1: Welcome back. We're here to give you the goods on NXT from this week. NXT is episode 499. And it is on the date of March. Sorry, March. April 3rd, 2019. We start out with the Royal Rages coming out. And they're going to fight these two Unfortunate, unfortunate souls uh, This is a total ass whoopage The War Raiders hit the alley power slam For the win, I still love that move so much So then Hansen gets on the mic And says, uh, and asks for more teams To destroy, so then out comes Cesar Bononi and um, Adrian uh, Jaoud They come out, they beat the piss out of those two suckers too And, and then uh, We move on to a Great uh, hype video for Pete Dunn versus Walter. Um, uh, I think someone may die.
0: Yes, um, dude. I am very excited about um, Dunn and Walter take over. I think Walter is going to murder Pete Dunn. He's going to cave that man's chest in, leave him broken.
1: You gonna take that man's straps down and then just yes,
0: yeah. just yeah. chop yeah. the nah. living crap out of Dunn. Um, he's already disrespecting that man, calling him Peter. On uh, <laughs> NXT uh, UK TV. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hype. I'm all about this Dunn and Walter stuff, man.
1: Okay, so uh, we get a Candice LeRae interview from earlier today when she's walking to the, I guess, full sale. And um, they ask her about um, Johnny's big match on Friday. She says she's excited for him, but she has her own dream of being a WWE champ. So, she's going to be watching The Fatal Four Way on. Uh, Saturday, or fr- i sorry, Friday. Uh, forgot they moved because they didn't want to compete. So then Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne roll up, and. Ugh, dude, um, are we going to talk about this?
0: Yeah, let's, let's talk about it.
1: Okay, so. Um, Aaliyah's dressed like a real half-wife of uh, New Jersey. Uh, she looks like a veteran. Like, this is like her eighth season. Or, or she comes back for like the all-star version. And then. <laughs> And Vanessa is dressed like Julia Roberts before she hit Rodeo Road and Pretty Woman. Um, she, uh, well, I think that's set on. Didn't that, you said, that, didn't you yeah, that's said. yeah, that's pretty much.
0: There? Yeah, I mean they're they're trying to do something with yes. Vanessa and Aaliyah and giving them a push with these yes. with these. You know, I don't even know what to describe it as, but they're trying. It's, but the real question I really have coming out of this segment is. Why haven't they done more with Candice LeRae than her just being Johnny Gargano's wife?
1: Dude, I've been saying that for... Rich, how long have I been saying that about uh, about they need to do more with Candice LeRae and let her be more than just freaking Johnny's wife? Has it been over a year? It has to be over a year. Yeah, it, it's um, been a long talking point, I would think, of the wrestling community at large. Cause and she's. I think it's a reflection on how... Women are looked at as side objects to their husbands in lots of like public areas. Yes, so they have made so. Thank you, you can sit this one out the rest of the way. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, so now, so basically, what I'm saying is like, not like she's being like, um, she's getting played on the side while she keeps getting sidelined. Like, like oh, like it's we're on the time for, to see you when it's time for you to like help. This Johnny story angle, as opposed to like, you know, she's also a very good ass wrestler. So maybe if you also use her, like all the storytelling between their relationships, like you can have put tension there in the storylines, whatever else. And, and it could be, it could do more for the women's division in the men's division, especially when like Candace can be so valuable to that division when like they don't have Shayna and Bianca are the two, uh, top women on the, in the division that they allow to talk on the mic and you know be at the forefront of as that aspect. They need more like like I love Kyrie, I love EO, but we gotta we gotta do more of these promos in in theory and you got Candace right there and this is all we're doing is like she's she's fighting Vanessa she's fighting jobbers.
0: Yeah, yeah I just so don't that. get it. She can wrestle she can talk she has a good look. She I, got
1: all her teeth? Yes. Like just, yeah. I don't,
0: I, 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 don't, I, I, don't I don't know what more they want from her. I mean... What gonna,
1: more do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and, you know, uh, they've been doing this thing on um, Being the Elite, where they kind of tease Joey Ryan, you know, where's your blonde friend at? Oh, he's got your back, because her and Joey were a team on the indies. So, I'm kind of curious, like, is she... Kind of been quietly asking for A release or is her contract coming up And they're teasing her Coming to AEW or maybe there is Something completely different I don't know But if I were her I would be trying to look at You know potentially going to AEW Or impact some other company That's pushing women's wrestling And that could utilize her to her full abilities
1: Yeah uh, I I seriously doubt her contract She just signed like less than two years ago But whatever Um yeah, so to get back to the lecture at hand, like uh, after um, those two come up and looking just ridiculous, and they call, they say you going for the woman's title, like you're a loser just like your husband. So then Candace responds that um,
0: called her a lower.
1: Yeah. And yes, uh, <laughs> Vanessa actually called referred to her as a lower, which is like that is that is incredible. That is, that need someone. Someone at a higher position needs to steal that and use that. Um, so then from there, uh, Candace says that uh, she'll be looking to start earning her, her title shot by knocking uh, Aliyah's bougie or Aliyah's bougie ass on the floor. So then um, she start, she walks off, and then like Aliyah like scoffs and just so upset that been uh, so insulted. So then we get. Jackson Riker versus Oni Lorkin. Yikes!
0: Boy, boy, boy,
1: boy, boy. I'm just gonna run through this thing. Uh, We got the obviously we have the the Forgotten Sons at ringside with Jackson Riker, and we have Danny Birch at ringside uh, with Lorkin. Like Jackson charges, but Oni is able to set, uh, set, able to get a lockup. After that, uh, we end up getting. Uh, Jackson just overpowering him over and over, and ending with a slam off the ropes, and that ends up dropping Lorcan to the floor. Um, Blake and, and Cutler Color um, are only shenanigans, but uh, Gunner ends up uh, telling the to back to stand down, and then uh, and then they just relax. So then Riker then drags Lorcan uh, back in for more punishment, uh, and gets to gets a, uh, a cutbuster for a two count. Uh more punishment. Lorcan keeps getting up and he eventually grabs a hit of some beard and then grabs some beard and then you already know what it is. Chops, slaps, um, European it. uppercuts, all levels of uh you know, just a, I mean it was a hot tag. I mean <laughs> straight up it's the only one hot tag like it normally is. Um but that didn't not that didn't stop uh that didn't stop him. He ended up hitting him with the uh, like the sit out choke slam for the, the sit out choke slam uh, deal for the pin. So then we get a video package to hype up the uh, Gargano versus Cole two out of three falls for an NXT title. It was a great thing. And it ends up leaving like a meme worthy uh, all time meme worthy um, gif where <sighs> the undisputed go to Tampa to train. And somewhere in the process, while they're training and doing all types of calisthenics and um, and whatever else, they show, I believe it was Roddy, holding yeah. up a, a styrofoam board that's like four inches thick. And apparently, Adam Cole practices his super kick on a fake board. It, like, like a damn yellow belt.
0: Dude, that, that was freaking hilarious. Do you see all of the serious training? Yes. Yeah. He's actually doing, you yes. know, like... Burpees and all this rope training and lifting weights and you know all his you know his boys are coaching him on and then out of nowhere practicing the kick. It was like a thirty
1: second version of um, what is it called? Twenty four is it twenty four seven sports for boxing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, the big fights when they you know follow people to training in their lives or whatever else and getting ready for a fight. It was like that condensed into like. 20 seconds and 10 seconds is Johnny in uh, Cleveland, going back to Cleveland to work on wrestling and working out like in almost like a in like a wrestling shack or whatever else. Um, Old school is almost like a rocky thing between like the, you know, the new age versus old age and the baby face gets the old stuff because makes you feel more down to earth, that sort of thing. And then they did that. I just like, "God damn it, you can't, you fucking clown! Like <laughs> you could, you you couldn't, you couldn't just not do something to pop yourself, right? You just couldn't, you just couldn't hold oh it." And then, but either way, they, they turned out great or whatever. Yeah, else. dude, I,
0: I love video packages like this where you see the wrestlers training and getting ready for a big match. It always makes me think back to the Iron Man with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Right. The training videos they showed. And Bret
1: was and then Bret was like he felt like they made look old. Or yeah. Else.
0: Um. And so I love yeah just showing was actually taking this match that's coming up seriously, making yes. it feel like more of a big deal. This is for the top prize in the on the brand. So I'm really loving that. So James, we're going to take over live on Friday. This is the main event. Your boy Johnny Gargano's in the main event. Or do you think he's going to pull it out? Do you think they're going with Johnny?
1: Yeah, um, for the reason, uh, two, just two simple reasons. Um, one, he was going to win the title at TakeOver if Ciampa had not got hurt. Um, and then two, if, I mean, they took him off the main roster. Like, they could have left him up there, just like they leave leaving Ricochet and Alistair up there um, to keep doing doing stuff or whatever else. They didn't do that. They brought him back down, so that just tells me, like, well, he was going to stay down there anyway. Um, now, I know there's been lots of talk about him moving on to 205 Live, and that's still a possibility, just like it's a possibility for um, Adam Cole or whoever else to be stuck on 205 Live. But, um, you know, for me, like, if the option were to, he has to go somewhere, um, he can't stay into or NXT anymore. Go to UK please and like and like, you know, unjagify the <laughs> <laughs> You know? Like like add to that. So, um, you know, two of like he'll be a cool, match, whatever. He'll be a, I guess what I, I mean, he he'd be a protected person there and do a lot of cool stuff, I guess, but like it's just he's a top guy on the third brand. Why would you demote him to being the top guy or one of the top guys on the fifth brand? Like it's just that sounds like hustling backwards.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I think going with Gargano would be the right move here. Um, we've had a heel champion for quite some time in NXT. I think it's time have a babyface champion. Um, you know, Johnny should have had already been an NXT champion by now. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I love Adam Cole. I think he could be a great NXT champ too. Um, but if you had to choose who should go up on the main roster right now, I think. Undisputed, I would send undisputed up over Johnny and leave Johnny kind of run NXT.
1: I would too. if They decide to leave them as a faction, but I can't trust. I can't trust Vince to leave. Yeah, you know, as a faction. Yeah, you can't, can't. Yeah,
0: I can't trust Vince, but I hope. I mean, with their size and Vince, I feel like exactly they. They, like need,
1: they if they're gonna go up, they need to be all together to have any chance to survive. Where they can get away with cheating and, and Blase Squaw Squad and just, and use some of that as a storytelling element in their matches, whatever, to help get them heat. Um, you break them up and you just go solo Cole or Soto, solo, solo ro- uh, Roddy or, uh, or heaven forbid solo fish. That's going to die. That's, that's not going to make it, that's not going to be too fresh off the vibe for long. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, from there we end up getting, uh, we come for commercial break and we get the hype package for, uh, Riddle versus, um, Velveteen. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, um uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily mind games, but as much as like, they both get underneath each other's skin. Yeah. Um, in a way that doesn't feel like it's, um, like either one is actually trying that hard to do it or thinking that much to do it. Is like, it just like, it's just, it's
0: just the way they are. Yeah. I mean, it's two, yeah. got two opposite, yes. uh, polarizing personalities kind of clashing yes. here. You yeah. have Velveteen who is, you know, uh, you know, more a gimmick. Yeah, a, gimps- said, a, a gimmick. A living, walking gimmick, um, flamboyant, yes. um, you know, very self centered, cocky, arrogant character. Yes. And on the opposite side, you have, you know, the original bro who's, you know, very laid back, chill,
1: in earnest, Yeah, in-
0: everything's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, both of those personalities continue to clash. And so um, I'm very curious to see um, what these guys are going to end up doing at TakeOver. Um, this is a match where I see I feel like both guys could benefit from the win. Uh, who do you think is gonna get the win here?
1: If I were them, I have I have a. Uh, if I were them, I give Rivas first off right right here, so it doesn't like seem so predetermined. Mm. Like nobody's gonna be upset that he loses to um, Velveteen because Velveteen's one of those people. Like it's funny that we talk about the video package from uh, Abigail talking about how um, much of a takeover loser that. Uh, Johnny is, meanwhile, like I asked you like, has he been any one in the singles match and on takeover? Your answer was no, and I was like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure the answer was no, I was making sure. So <laughs> um Velveteen also has a I think he also has a losing record on takeover. So it's like you get give him one right here and you can move on and um nobody's gonna wanna second guess like a guy that just has been only been around for like mm, roughly two cycles on or this will be his third takeover. Um and I don't think anybody'd be too upset about that about him t- catching an l to a dude that's like eventually is going to be a nXT champion and and all that sort of thing so i, I think that's a good place to put it like but then again like last time I thought it was a good place to put an l on somebody was like Roram or Oscar beat Becky and then sure enough they did and then look where we are now so
0: yeah. what the hell do I know right yeah <laughs> so- <laughs> I, I think the main thing too is that um um there's a possibility that Velveteen dream could be um called up and so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah
0: there's there's been rumors for a while Velveteen being called up so you could have Velveteen drop the belt and then um put it on Matt riddle then you have Velveteen called up
1: yeah that's also a possibility um I I never that kind of I guess maybe I I guess even because you know he's done the call me up Vince thing and it's kind of like um kind of wonder um this it's something that I never really considered. It's like more like it's a joke it's down the road and like he's a great big match performer but I don't know about you know, on the road all the time, like wrestling like a fucking eighties <laughs> like a fucking eighties wrestler. I don't know if that's gonna fly like when you got Ricochet flipping all around and these tag matches or or you know, Cesaro and the and the in, the, in Sheamus, I heard like stiffen dudes. I don't know if, if that really will fly. Um and then you always gotta worry about like whether or not they give me translates as much as we love it, um, and how much Vince will actually take to it and actually, like, give it some care. So, um, so I, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, he can go up whenever, because, like, they'll bring up anyone whenever, too. Like, they just brought up Chomp, even though he had a fucked-up neck. Right. You know, or a neck that needed, or was going to need surgery, and then, like, this Cause further, they, this expedited the They want to you know, give him process. a main,
0: main yeah. roster experience yeah. before, you know it was time or whatever, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, just,
1: that experience, it put his ass on the shelf, he may never be the same again, or yeah. if he's lucky enough, come back in wrestling. Anyway, so then we get a flashback to Lee and Ty Jacobs from what, What I just couldn't believe was five weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and the double count out, then the performance center deal, so then, they do an interview with Keith Lee, and Keith Lee said that they were bumped, which, you know, that's because of the five-way, of course, or in theory, it was because of the five-way, and on-screens because of the five-way and determine who's going to go on to fight Johnny Gargano with, um, in the main event of TakeOver. So he says, like, you know, I am an event, Keith Lee, and says that um, he's talked to people and he kept going on and on and on to, like, delay the inevitable of telling us that when is this fucking match going to happen, bro? I right. need to know I have in the calendar so I can like anticipate, build anticipation. I need to know this match. Quit wasting time. Tell me when the match is. <laughs> Give me what I want. Guess <laughs> not what I want. Give me what I want. So, so, so then uh, he finally says that it will be in two weeks, meaning it's probably the, the main event of the first, uh, first hour of taping and the new tapings after... Um, New York, yeah. and so now I'm like, God damn it! You teased me, and now this thing is gonna be the pre-show um, of takeover in front of that great crowd, and and like now I'm kind of playing when I want to go to this thing, and I was like, I mean, I guess it is a this is one of like a playing things like I'm gonna play about good problems like yeah, I'm like damn not have to like God play when I'm gonna go to this see this fucking match is like I know people listen to this They're like. You asshole, I live in Arizona <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I see it once a year You live like two hours away Or an hour and a half away from uh, Full Sail You can go in there and in. well please. well please This is what you're complaining about, go to hell So, you know what, I'm sorry I will go to hell, I am I am being spoiled By this, uh, but the, I will also uh, Like Sonia Balena, this will be My, what, my fourth Takeover, no, third takeover I'm sorry, my third takeover, so
0: uh, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I did find it quite weird that they are waiting until the next taping instead of doing this on as a pre-show match or Takeover. Cause so I, I feel like for I the mean, for the Mania Takeovers they usually try to up the ante with the pre-show matches. Yeah. But I mean,
1: I uh, mean, well, we well, we found out that they're gonna do Um Eigner and Bartell versus Street Prop, so that match gonna be great. Yeah, as a pre-show match. I mean, and also you know, an opportunity to, to do. Um, Candice LeRae uh, kept to, in a carry job versus Aaliyah. You just gotta do that.
0: Like that's a main event. That's a main event match anywhere in the world. That draws, man. <laughs> it's like Keith Lee and uh, Donovan Dijak Candice LeRae and Aaliyah. Yeah, mm, yeah you gotta go with Candice it, and Aaliyah. You know, they were
1: like, Look, man, we can't let we can't let these fucking ki- j- fucking kaiju's go out here and outshine um, our, our fan card on the pre-show. We, we, yeah,
0: we get have the best match of the show as the as the dark match opener.
1: Yeah, you're like, nah, we ain't even gonna we ain't even gonna let y'all get the opportunity. I like <laughs> that. The, the, the what's your boy's name? Uh oh, um Treyway, uh Takashi. Stupid! I'm not even gonna let you get the chance. So, <laughs> so then uh we get we get advertisers for the uh. The matches we just talked about for the pre-show, and then we end up starting up with Bianca Belair versus Kyrie Sane. Um, they're having a back and f- or not much of a back and forth match. Um, at the beginning, uh they're, they start wrestling, and then they get to a point where um, Bianca has the advantage, and then she goes and blows a kiss at Kyrie, and it's very similar to their match at the Mayan Classic where. Kyrie quickly and in, um, in a funny fashion catches the kiss out of thin air, throws on the ground and stomps a mode hole in the kiss, and it upsets Bianca, so they go to wrestle. And then from there, she's flushed. So Kyrie takes advantage and uh, lays all her spectacular he offense on her. And then we get a point where she gets cut off, and um, Bianca is more or less playing the role of a heel. She's holding her down. She's slowing that tempo. And then Kyrie fires back and just takes over with inceptor scepter, spears, elbows off the apron to the floor. Um, it Just, you know, the typical Kyrie stuff. And then um, we get to the point where we're about to get a match finish, and then we end up getting a run-in from fucking Shayna and, and Tweedledum and Tweedledee for, <laughs> her goons. For, the, for the fuck finish. And then all of a sudden... Um, Kyrie, I'm sorry, uh, Io comes out, um, so then it's three on three, and then refs come out to try to separate it, but they're geeks, of course, so that doesn't hold anything, so the whole story of this whole entire cycle has been that, um, has been vulnerable, she was going to lose at Phoenix, um, or she was, she was visually beaten at Phoenix, uh, she got pinned by Io in six way tag match, in like the thing, the first week back or second week back from um, Takeover Phoenix, and then ever since then she's been doing nothing but attacking the women's roster in locker room and um, beating people up in matches that have nothing to do with her, and she's getting her heat back, and she also laid out uh, the other contestants in the women's match um, at Takeover New York, and the so the close of that storyline because they tell stories that have beginning middle and ends and transitions and all tied together after while, those six are fighting in the ring and the geeks can't stop them. The women's locker room on un- comes out and they all beat the piss out of, uh, these three assholes and it finishes with EO hitting a moonsault onto a crowd of women on the floor, grabbing the woman's title while Kyrie watches, um, looking a bit jealous and, um, and we end up going to black from there.
0: Yeah. Also, before I, you forgot about um, Bianca Belair, she uh, press slam. uh oh, that's right. Uh, Lacey yes. Lane yes. onto yes. the crowd.
1: That yes, before the moonsault. That's what happened. That's yeah. what I totally forgot. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was a great, a, a good match. You know, my notes says here that it was eight minutes and forty seconds. I felt the match was a little bit longer than that.
1: You know, that was it's almost like um, the carry match uh, in, War Games against the two uh, out of three falls. Like that match was incredible. And it was a dead sprint, but that did not feel like a ten, twelve, or ten to twelve minute match. I mean, yeah. It was. It totally was, and I was like, this thing felt like it told a well, a, a good story, or whatever else. And, but um, but honestly, that match in the match um tonight, it was. I mean, they've had a better match. Their first match in man class was better than this. Um, yeah. And they weren't trying to top it. They were just trying to have a match that they knew was going to have a fuck finish. And that's one thing I kind of appreciated. You know, kind of aside from that incredible done in Ricochet match, when it was title versus title, um, back in the, I think, the fall of last year. Mm-hmm. They don't go out there and do epic match and then give you a fuck finish as, as an excuse to get out of it. Like, they'll give you a match and then you can kind of gauge by, like, how talented that person, these people are in the ring and, like, what they may have done before. And then, like, if it's not matching level, you can just almost, like, it's almost, like, 97... <laughs> It's almost like ninety seven uh, NW, NWO, WCW days where you just like you get to the main event and you can already like once it looks like you're getting towards the conclusion of any main event match, you just start seeing people in the crowd just like looking towards the ramp, looking <laughs> to the back, knowing there's gonna be a run in. Yeah. You know, someone's about to get their ass whooped, gang whooped and spray painted. But yeah, um, yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show, Jeremy. That's uh, that's the end of the show, t- uh, uh, guys. Real but, quick, um, before
0: before we sign off, uh, we got to get a prediction for this match. So, who do you think is walking away with the belt?
1: Ooh, um, I would say Bianca. Um, she had her beat last mass match um, at Takeover, and um, I think it'd be really easy to turn her turn her heel on a dime. I mean, she's she's but she you know just kind of like the Velveteen thing. Like she's so like she's. Was a heel and then like People kind just, of they like gave you Reasons to just stop like Booing her as much and then Like people like her because she's awesome So yeah you can turn that back up Um and that gives you more of an opportunity To send like You can do through a matches you can like Tease ascension and the chase Or both the chase between Kyrie To you know get a get her belt Bad she never got a she never got cleanly beat for her. Or EO trying to rise and that can lead to tension between them and a, you know, a, um, a, a triangle of trying to fight each other. And also, like, Bianca can carry them promo-wise and carry these programs promo-wise where it's opposed to, like, if you just do EO comes and wins, like, that's cool. But, like, she like she hasn't really done much to garner that. It's, like, she hasn't gone out and, like, being the piss out of people left and right or whatever else um, in a way that, like, they kind of built Kyrie for... Shayna is like, you know, I beat you in the May Young Classic final and you know, we have this history kind of in Um like you kind of built your name in NXT when you beat me and on your way to um getting to Ember. So like now it's kind of full circle. They haven't told them that much of a story with EO. I mean they could put they could belt her and then have her turn on Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Like that would definitely work. Like um has kept like EO is better as a heel. Um, from what I've seen, um, she's like she's incredible. Um, she does all stuff she does, but she has like more attitude and tougher. So, um, I can see that, and obviously, you know, anybody get like I feel like it's really easy to be able to play heel. Um, when Kyrie's opposite as a babyface, because like I mean, she's she's just the best. So, um, yeah, I I mean, I was I would say that EO or or Bianca, but most like Bianca.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the way the angle ended tonight, uh, I think it would be too obvious for Eo to win the belt.
1: And, and also, yeah, she also wouldn't to touch the belt. And yeah, I'm pretty sure you heard me like,
0: Don't touch don't, it. Don't, don't, don't touch the belt. Don't you don't know touch how it. that goes. Uh, yeah. Like, it just uh, don't do that. But I do, yeah, I agree with you. I think Bianca Belair don't would. Touch <laughs> <laughs> don't touch the precious. Don't touch the precious. I think Bianca Belair is the way to go. Like you mentioned, she was so close to winning at last takeover. EO I think, a little bit too soon to kind of belt her up quickly. Kairi, she's had the belt already, and then Shayna, I mean, she's ready for a call-up. Um, However, I could see them potentially keeping it on Shayna if they ever wanted to do something with Candice. I feel like Candice versus Shayna is a, a great feud and story and rivalry waiting to happen.
1: Oh, yeah. They've already, they already had two great matches. Yeah. Um, I think, that, honestly, you go through Shayna's Mae Young Classic, and it was just... I mean, she had a match with Mia. <clears throat> it was a smart match, of course, because it's a Mia match. And then... Um, you get the Candace and they had Johnny um, which is funny because like how did the main Young Classic figure out how to show that like they mutually support each other in their endeavors in a, in a way that doesn't make it look like oh that's just Johnny's wife yeah. but you know same people like they completely forgot that so um, anyway like they have the match and it's more like you know Shane's playing the bully and then this cute little blonde girl like fires up and beats piss at her and has a reeling and um and then she goes for her you know the this the swinging uh neckbreaker swinging neckbreaker spot and she turns it over into the care for the clutch off the road and it was great man and then she ends up um either either she either slaps the hole back on after the match or she never lets it go and then um she doesn't and then Johnny like gets in the either gets in the ring or um or it's on the apron or sorry or on the barricade and he like and she like you know smiles and smirks in front of it it, just, it added to the character like you want to see her beat and then they had a match sometime last year and it was told a similar story of you know big bully you know tough and strong in the beginning and then someone and then and you know Bayface fires up and they went from there another great match and like I love their res- when they wrestle each other like Shayna can do a, ma- do a certain match very very well um and she's gotten better doing other matches like body part matches yeah but Her trying to shoot is she's the big bad Bully that gets sent reeling and then Like you just want her to get beat So badly (laughs) Um, So yeah um, yeah, I think that's where I'm at but uh, But yeah uh, thanks Jeremy for coming on the show Uh, You want to get plugs in?
0: Yes so you can uh, follow me on Twitter At Jeremy L Donovan You can also follow uh, my show Keeping a Strong Style at K.I. Strong Style We're right here every Tuesday On the Social Suplex Podcast Network so if you're listening to this show You are on the Social Suplex Podcast Network and uh, Keeping a Strong Styles there along with all other great shows. And um, if you're hearing this before Sunday and you're in New York, come on out to Suplex Mania at uh, the Hooters at 33rd right across from Madison Square Garden doing our live podcast event and WrestleMania watch party. Come out, hang out with your boys, get some wings, get some drinks, enjoy uh, WrestleMania with us.
1: Yeah, thanks. Appreciate you for doing that plug for me, but... I'll just finish up the rest. Uh, guys, be sure to rate us in on whatever app you're using to listen. Uh, tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out powerslam.tv, the sponsor of the show. If you're a fan of Independent Pro Wrestling, they have over 4,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the promo code Social Suplex to get your free month's trial. Don't forget to visit prowrestlingtees.com slash socialsuplex to pick up your official Social Suplex Podcast merchandise. You can get yourself a... Ricky and Clyde wrestling sh- show our po- uh, podcast uh, shirt. You can get yourself a One Nation Radio shirt. You can also get yourself a Keeping It Strong style shirt. So you can go ahead and um you know pay ties to the uh, Strong Style Dojo <laughs> so, or studio <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I prefer to call it the Dojo. Uh,
0: and, and there there is a uh, sale on Pro wrestling Tees That's this right. week uh, Wednesday through Monday the re- the annual WrestleMania sale twenty percent. Uh, it's off the site, so it's a perfect time to get yourself some Social Suplex merch.
1: Yes, and go ahead and do that so you can cut into uh, Josh's uh, hair product fun. <laughs> <So, laughs> he, he, he didn't like that. So be sure to check out our other shows on the Social Suplex Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping It Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. And every other Wednesday we have grown man watches shit On Thursdays You know moving to Thursdays maybe I should do like the old NXT or sorry the old Smackdown Smackdown, the, Smackdown uh, move, yeah. move to Tuesdays yeah. Tuesdays not Friday anymore Tuesdays we filmed and, commercial. Know, Years ago we were Thursdays <laughs> and now it's Tuesday And now we're going back to Friday For <laughs> all that money uh, So anyway uh, NSC then now forever on on Now on Thursdays And then on Saturdays we have all things a week Thanks for listening